Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Grieving Alone in My Car show with your host, So Sad Today. Um, I wanted to talk about, oh yeah, I also have to, I also have to give a, um, like an, like a, um, a promotion message. Don't let me forget. Don't let me forget before the end. I have to do that. Um, but I wanted to, well, actually, let me just do that now. Um, so don't, don't I sound excited? Um, no, I am excited. Um, I have, I wanted to tell you that, um, I have, um, a greatest hits book of poems coming out. Um, greatest hits. It's called super doom. It's like, you know, like Fleetwood Mac greatest hits. It's like greatest hits. Some of my out of print books, um, meat heart, scarecrow. Scarecrow is my favorite book I ever wrote. Um, and scarecrow. And so that was out of print. Meat heart was out of print. Uh, when you say one thing, but me and your mother, my first poetry book is sometimes out of print. So, uh, with tin house, shout out to the good people at tin house, uh, with tin house, I, um, we did a greatest hits compilation plus some of the best of from last sext since those other books were out of print. Um, now they're back. I mean, not every poem cause some of them I think are shitty, but, uh, the, the ones that are the greatest hits, the ones that I think the greatest hits to me, that's how it was decided. The greatest hits, um, between me and Tin House, what we thought were the, um, greatest hits from my first three books and then last sex, which I had published with them. So super doom, if you greatest hits, collected poems, selected poems, there's an introduction in there that I wrote about, uh, poetry and how I no longer know how to write a poem. And I'm not exactly sure who wrote the poems in that book. Um, but that's another topic for another time. But, um, yeah, so I wanted to, I just wanted to, I, I have been meaning to do that and I forgot. So super doom coming out, um, in early August, I should know the date. Um, oopsie. Um, anyway, yeah, super doom selected poems. It's cool. And actually, um, I dedicated it to my dad. I was, I was afraid to dedicate it to my dad because, um, the last time I dedicated a book to someone who was sick was in third grade. Um, I had a book that I made called chock full of poems, chock full of poems. They were like all about food. Um, and, um, and my rabbit, was at the, was in the animal hospital, my rabbit, Abigail. Abigail was really cool. She was like 20 something pounds. Maybe she wasn't that much. I don't know where I'm getting that number, but she was like really big for a rabbit. Like she was a huge rabbit. And, um, actually, and she didn't have a cage. She just like lived in this one room, but then, but the door was open to the room. So she could come out if she wanted to. And she was litter box trained. We got her from the SPCA. I don't know how we got this like phenomenal rabbit, but she was black, Abigail, She's so, she was so beautiful. Um, I have, I only have like one picture of her and it's in her litter box, which is very weird that that's where we took the picture. But, um, but she was great. And she, um, she would like sit, like my dad would come home from work and he'd be like laying on the sofa and she'd come crawl up on his chest and lay on him. And he'd give her, um, like, like if he was eating like pretzels or fruit, you know, or something like rabbit friendly, um, she would, 
um, have a snack with him. So anyway, um, and then after that, we had a, a rabbit named Hamlet who was like such an asshole. And of course, Hamlet lived for like 25, like he lived so long. I want to say he lived for, I don't know, might've been 15 years. Maybe it wasn't that long. Life feels long when you're that age, but it was long. It was like at least 12. He lived a long ass time, but Abigail had a disease um, which I can't remember the name of. And she, so she was sick. She was at the, in the animal hospital and I dedicated chock full of poems to her. And, um, and I remember being like, should I dedicate this to her? Like, what if she dies? I don't think I knew yet about like in memoriam type dedicate, you know, like that you can dedicate to the dead. Um, but I did. And then Abigail died. Um, we had a beautiful burial for her. My grandma Eve buried her with um, charms. I don't know if you know what charms are. It's like life. They're like a lifesaver, but with no hole in the middle. And they say charms. You can Google them. I don't know if they still make them anymore. Buried her with charms so she wouldn't be hungry. We tend to do, I mean, we don't do like a full like sarcophagus, like loaded with shit in my family. But we definitely do. Like grandma Eve, we buried her with her cigarettes. And then um, we almost forgot matches, which would have been obviously a disaster. My dad buried with his cigarettes. Um, he was buried in a suit, but we included one of his navy blue hoodies um, up from his cherished collection of um, disgusting, ragged navy blue. We, we put in the one that was the most fucked up. It was like, I mean, it like still had like food on it. Like it was just, we put that in there. Um, Sigs, matches. We didn't, you know, we didn't put too much stuff. My sister was like, uh, and my sister wasn't home yet. My sister wasn't um, back um, in, uh, so be, all right, let me just, all right. So basically what happened was, so I had come home, because I want to talk about signs. And I feel like this is actually like a good segue into talking about um, signs. Um, and it is grieving alone in my car. So, Hey, I get to tell my story. All right. So, um, so I had been going home ev- to Philadelphia every two to three weeks post vaccine. So I, and I had gotten to see my, my dad, I think I had, there were like, I, I went home five times, something like that. Six times, maybe, um, numbers are very, like very important to me right now. Not from like a numerological perspective. I think it's like a I think it's like an anxiety, like control obsessive thing. Like I'm like, I, it must be like, I must know the exact number of times that I went home just cause it's like, I don't, I don't know. I said this last week, I'm very like obsessed with like the details of the whole thing now. It's, um, and I don't, I don't know exactly what that's about. I think part of it's like, because it was my last time with my dad, like not wanting to lose any of that, maybe any of the time we had on earth. Um, I'm not sure, but so, okay, well, let me see. So I went home. So we, I went home twice when I thought he was going to die. Uh, then a third time when he was like good, then the next time when he, yeah, yeah, he was good. Then the next time when I had to be behind a wall and that, yeah. So I think it was five or six visits. Um, so, um, so on, so I was planning on going home June 8th and June 9th, which is my parents' birthdays, um, for a visit, but I just was like, I should just go. My dad had just been transferred to the, um, 
from finally from the ICU, this was at the end, finally from the ICU to the rehab. Um, and, um, I can't believe you're all listening to this. Honestly, I'm like, this is so fucking grim, but whatever. Okay. So, um, my dad had been just been, and I'm like, not, I'm like telling this with no like desire to give any, like, like no consciousness of like narrative arc or whatever. Like, I'm just like telling it. But, um, so, so he had been transferred to the, the rehabilitation hospital where there was like, you know, less monitoring of him. But, um, in light of that, the, the thing that was, that sucked about that was, um, because there was less monitoring, they had taken out his, um, the, the plug for his trach. So we were back to not being able to understand him really when he spoke, um, and so it was like really hard. And that was definitely like emotionally fucked because it was like to have gone from being able to like hear my dad's voice and, and talk to him to like, not again, that was really hard. But so I was supposed to come home June 8th and June 9th for their birthdays, but I ended up just, I was like, why? Like if I, and they, and they had just, when he moved over there, they had just opened it up so that anyone could visit like any day. Um, so it was like really open. It was like the first time he had been in a, in an environment where there was finally like completely open, you know, there was like zero, there was like no regulations on visitors. Cause even at the end, like in the ICU and stuff, there had been like, you know, just different regulations, like only one visitor a day, all that kind of, stuff. you know, it, it, it kept changing. But so I was like, why wouldn't I just go? So I flew home early. Um, and like, I, or I just didn't, I hadn't booked my ticket yet. So I just booked it for like a couple days from when I decided, okay, I'm going to go like a week and a half early. Cause like, why would I wait? And, um, I went and saw my dad, um, that Saturday, the 29th. And we had like a really beautiful visit. Um, so on the visits before that, the vid, the last visit I had had with him in the hospital, I had had to stand on the other side of a door because he was on um, this breathing machine that I guess can like leak particles into the air. And also because he was still getting over um, or he had had this um, antibiotic resistant pneumonia before. And so um, because he was on this machine, um, I don't know, I just wasn't allowed in the room. Um, And so I had to, (laughs) I stood on the other side of the window there was like, it was like a window wall, window door thing. And I like FaceTimed him from the other side of the window, which was like kind of weird because I feel like he like, he kept looking at the FaceTime. I was like, no dad, I'm out here. The FaceTime is just for like sound, you know, like, but it was like, you know, whatever. It's like challenging when they're for him, when there like, isn't a wall in between us. Like, you know, he's like, he's an older man, like technology, you know, FaceTime is not his like native language. So Um, but that, so that had been like really tough and, um, I had gotten, I think I had only gotten like one or two visits cause I had had to, they weren't even supposed to be letting me in at that point because of the machine he was on, but then they were like, okay, fine. You can stand on the other side of the wall. So, so when I went in for this visit, for this last visit, um, also the, the visits before I had, so I had not been able to touch my father because the, obviously the visit before I'd been on, on the other side of a wall, the visit before that I had had to wear a ha- and the visit before that, like the two before that I had had to wear a hazmat suit because he had had this antibiotic resistant pneumonia. One of them, he was unconscious. The other visit 
which was a like an awesome visit. Um, and I got, I saw him for, I saw him three days, but I, well, I couldn't touch him because he had had this antibiotic resistant pneumonia. So I was in like a mask and like a hazmat situation, like not hazmat, but just like, you know, like they put like a gown on me and like all this stuff and I couldn't touch him because you don't want to get antibiotic resistant. Well, they didn't want it to spread throughout the rest of the ward. And also like, it's not the kind of thing you like want to get. So, um, it's just like not the best. So I, um, yeah. So, so this visit, it was the first time I could touch him and I went in and I sat with him and I rubbed his shoulder. Um, and it was like, it was so, it was, I, I remember just sitting there and thinking like, if I could just sit here and rub his shoulder for like, like, it was just like forever. Like, I was like, I'm just so happy. Like I was like crying. Cause I was like, I'm just so happy to just be here and like rubbing my father's shoulder. And like, he would kind of go to say something and then he would like stop. And I just felt like there was like not really anything to say. And I kind of felt like we were just like two souls a little bit, you know, like I wasn't necessarily, like I wasn't like his daughter, like it, I could, I could have been his mother, you know, like I could have, I could have been his sister, like whatever. It was just like, we were just like two souls. And I felt, um, that I was giving him comfort. Like I felt that sort of, as they say, love wins. You know what I'm saying? I was like, love one, love one. Like, and, um, and then I was rubbing his foot, like his foot was, his leg was like under the sheet. But I remember he, my dad's like very much a patter. Like he was always like a foot patter and like he'd pat the, he'd pat your calf. He'd be like, burr, 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 pat the calf, you know? So I, I was, I don't think I was rubbing the foot. I think I was patting. I was patting the calf, patting the calf. Um, and then we would try to talk to each other, but it was really hard for me to understand him because I had my mask on. He had, um, well, also the man has been on a feeding tube for months. So he's like, not a hundred percent, like, you know, like not like a hundred percent sharp, pretty sharp though. Pretty fucking sharp. Um, and, but he wasn't on the trach plug. So like he didn't have a voice basically, like everything was sort of mouth. But the problem is, is that he didn't have his, his he had some, some teeth stuff, dentures. And so he didn't have those, they hadn't had those in in months. Cause obviously when you're having like breathing stuff, they like don't want like teeth floating around your mouth. So like fake teeth. So, um, so it was like, you know, I mean, the communication between us. Like, at one point, I was like, what? Like, India? Like, I thought he said something about India. I was like, India? And then I'm like, like, COVID India? Because at that point, like, COVID was really bad in India. Like, I was like, and then I realized he was trying to say it was, it's interesting. It's, it's, something was, it's interesting. So I was like, okay. Um, Something was interesting. But so, um, yeah. So I just found a fucking parking spot. I just found a really good parking spot. Um, this is like LA gold. Um, so by the way, I have to run errands. So this is going to be like done in chunks. Um, anyway, so what happened? So then, so I was like, dad, um, have you seen all of the cards that everybody got you, like everybody sent to you when you were first in the, cause when he had first been in the ICU, he had moved around, you know, like he was in the ICU then he was in a different room in the ICU. Then he had gone to the acute care, then back to the ICU. And you know, over the course of the months, um, 
And when he had gone to the acute care and then back to the ICU, the cards had not come with him. And I knew that he had not seen all the cards. Like, I knew he hadn't. I had asked him, like, on the last visit, like, Dad, did you see all the cards everyone sent to you in the ICU? And he was like, oh, I'll see them when I get home. And so this time I brought the cards um, because they had been – I brought the cards. I brought – there were, like, 50 cards. And um, – or however many cards. I don't know. I'm bad at numbers. I always feel like I say a number and then it's, like, too big of a number and then I feel self-conscious that I'm, like – um, being like, like a grand, like grandiose about the number and that people are going to like, know I'm being grandiose and like judge. Like, I don't know. Nobody's proofreading how many cards my dad's got. Let's just say it was like, I don't know. I think it was like 40. It feels, it feels like it was maybe like 40, maybe more. I don't know. A lot of cards, a lot of cards. Some people sent too. So, um, this time I brought them and I, I read him every card. Um, and I'm so glad that I did that because, um, you know, he died the next day and he got to, and like, he's the kind of person, you know, he was like, ah, I don't need, you know, like, I don't need to read here the cards, but I feel like he really liked it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he really liked it. Like he's, would, he's the kind of person who like, wouldn't even, he would claim to not want to hear them. He probably would tell him, like, he probably wouldn't even know himself that he wanted to hear the cards. You know what I'm saying? But like, but he like loved it. Like I could tell. Um, and I read like and it was like from all the people in his life, you know, everybody from like my aunt to like my, all my parents' friends. Then I was like, Oh dad, here's the Valentine's card. Is that new? And he was like, ah, you know, my sister, like everybody, it was just all the cards. So he got to hear from every single person in his life. And then, um, and then we talked a little bit. Um, and then he was trying to tell me something and I could not fucking understand what he was saying. And he's like, never mind. And I tried to have him write it for me, but it was just like a squiggly line. And then the nurse came in and was like, is everything okay? And my dad's like, why wouldn't everything be okay? Which I thought was funny. And then I'm like, well, because you are like hooked up to it, like tubes. Um, but, um, and then I FaceTime my sister, which I'm also really glad that I did because my sister and I would always FaceTime each other in, like if, if one of us was visiting or if one of us was FaceTiming, like that was the, just what we did, you know, like always see if the other person can come on. Cause like every moment felt very important, but like I could tell my dad was getting tired and like, and so I was like, well, maybe I'll just like skip. And I was planning to come back the next day, like for like a couple days. So I was like, I'll just, and then I was like, no, let me just FaceTime her. So I was like, dad, I'm going to FaceTime Hale. So I FaceTimed my sister and my sister was like, oh, and also like I wore this, I wore this, I wore something I knew my dad would like. I wore this gray sweatshirt. My dad is a man who can really like understand a sweatshirt. And he's like, you look good, puss. And I was like, thanks, fa. Like I could tell I knew he like loved the sweatshirt, you know, like he's just whatever. My dad likes, he likes like a preppy gap look. It, it wasn't Gap. It was, I don't know what it was. Um, it was, um, I actually happened to have the sweatshirt in the car with me. I didn't wear it for like months, but um, Yosemite. Why Yosemite? Oh, it's like uh, James Purse. James, James Purse Yosemite. Um, but it's like a gray, like a heather gray sweatshirt. And I knew he'd like it. Um, and I wore that. Um, I knew he'd like that sweatshirt. And I was right. So, um and also I got to like give him a hug, like hugs and he gave me kisses, which was like, I hadn't gotten to like hug my father in like, I don't know, actually really the whole time. Um, I don't think I had hugged him since, I mean, it's been a while, it had been a while because 
COVID, we were quarantined. So it was like really, it was really, it was a really beautiful visit. And then we were on with my sister and my sister's like, I'm coming next week, dad. And, um, he said he was excited. And, um, I think he actually thought she was there in the room, you know, and we said all our like millions of, I love you's. Um, and, um, and then he like looked at the phone and he's like, who's that? And I was like, that's you dad. And he was like, Oh, and it was weird too. Cause I just, I felt like, I don't know, like he kept kind of like looking around the room. Like, I, I don't know. I think I'm projecting some of that on, like I read some things about when people are like maybe going to die and, um, you know, they like see people from the other side, but I don't know. That's just, I think me projecting. I think maybe he was just like confused because he would get confused sometimes, you know, because he had been in a hospital for six months. So, um, but it was like really lovely. Like it was like all of us together, you know, me, my sis and my dad, my mom had gone, my mom had visited him like the nights that week before I got there. So, um, so then I was like, um, yeah. So then he, he, um, so that was pretty much the visit and it was like, and I, and I was like, okay, we'll see you tomorrow. And he's like, see you. And he's like, first he said, I'll be home tomorrow, like earlier on, which was something he said occasionally. Cause I think, you know, he, he hoped he would be coming home or something. But then he was like, I'm, I'll be coming home soon. And I was like, okay, dad, um, which he wasn't going to be coming home soon, but that's okay. And, um, and then I was like, I love you. And then I think the, and then I, as I was leaving the room, um, and after I said, I'll see you tomorrow, I think I said toodles, which is what my dad, my dad sometimes said toodles. And I think sometimes when I was leaving, I would say toodles. And I like looked over back over my shoulder and he was already like asleep. Like he was just had no, you know, he had like no energy. And, um, and I left and I remember I like, called my husband and I was like, I just had the most beautiful visit with my father. Like it was like, it was just, it was so beautiful. You know, my sister was like, I felt, my sister was like, I felt like he was like really looking at me, like really like considering me in some, and it was interesting, you know, that it was, um, and, um, and then the next morning I was, you know, I was planning to go there the next day and I woke up at nine in the morning to my mom waking me up. I woke up my mom saying, um, you know, she was like, they, you know, they went in to check on dad and he was fine. And they, she, she was basically like, they just went in to check on dad and he's like, like, oh, like he's at the end. And they started giving him like, they had gone in to check on him, I guess at like seven 30 in the morning and he was fine. And then they went in at nine and he was like, you know, the end, like he had, he had, he was, he was like at the end of the dying process. So, I mean, it went really fast, whatever happened. We think it was like probably his heart because that was what happened. Um, you know, that was what had happened a couple other times. Um, you know, he might've been asleep. He never pushed the emergency button, never pushed the emergency button, which gives me like a lot of peace. I mean, I think it, it was fast, you know, and, um, I'm really grateful for that. Um, but so she's like, so my mom's like, what do we do? Like they said they were, they had started giving him CPR, but they saw we had, cause I had had my mom put a DNR and, and, and she's like, they saw we have a DNR. So they called to check. And I was like, ah, uh, and all of my philosophy went out the window. Like all of my ideals. I was just like, just keep giving him CPR, you know? And then she was like, they're calling an ambulance. 
which she was at a hospital, so I don't know why they were calling him, but I guess to take him to the, uh, um, emergency room, and then, um, and then she just, like, was on the phone with them, and then she just looked at me, and she was like, he died, like, daddy died, and I was like, what? Because, I mean, obviously, it's not crazy that my father would die. I mean, he had been in this situation for so long, but I guess I wasn't, you know, there were so many times when I thought he was going to die and he didn't die. So now that I wasn't thinking he was going to die, it was like very, I just couldn't believe it. Um, I just couldn't believe it. Okay. I'm going to go run an errand and then I'll finish telling you the story and we'll talk about signs. Sorry. I had to buy bananas. There was a banana shortage in my home and bananas needed to be purchased, but the bananas have been purchased. Um, so where was I? So, um, I just thought, I just had like a thought that was like completely unrelated. Um, I was like, maybe I can like go buy a lot of plants and then like, that'll like, like save me from something. Um, nope. Tried that before. It didn't work. So, um, anyway, so signs. So I, so my mom and I got ready to go over there, um, and to go see him and after he had died and, um, I called my sister and my sister was, was still on, uh, Pacific coast time. Cause she wasn't on the East coast with us. And, um, it was like six 30 in the morning there. And I called her, um, and then she, I guess, you know, the phone woke her up and she called me right back and I told her what had happened. And, um, my sister did not have any dreams about my father. The, I didn't either the entire time that he was in the hospital. Um, and when I called her, my, so my sister was having a dream that she and I were in the car with my dad. Um, and, um, she, we were driving him somewhere. I think we were driving him home in the dream. And then in the dream, his, he had heart failure and he said, see, this is what happens. Sometimes I'm okay. And sometimes I'm not okay. And we were really scared, but it was really fast in the dream. Like it was very, like, it wasn't like super, it wasn't like painful for him. It was just like scary. And we took him out of the car. Like we were in the car with him. We, we, we got him out of the car. Um, and then she woke up to the phone ringing and it was me, um, calling her to tell her that my dad had just died like, you know, minutes before. Um, so after that happened, you know, my sister's not particularly a woo woo person, but after that happened, I was just like, well, shit, dude, that's fucking amazing. Like, I really felt like she was super connected to my dad. And so, um, so we were, um, so after she came in and we had the funeral between the funeral and the Shiva, she and I were out for a walk and, um, she was like, you know, I feel like dad is like still like, he's not where he's going yet. Like he's still in transit. 
And I totally believed her. Like anything my sister now says about where my dad is, like sometimes I'm like, where's, where's dad? I really believe her. Like I just do. I have full faith, like full faith. Um, I just feel like she's connected in that way, you know? Um, and so she was like, I was like, well, where is he? She's like, I just feel like he's like in transit. He's not where he's going yet. And then we saw this bun, this bunny, this wild bunny. And, um, you know, and she was like, not like that's dad, but like, she was like, I feel like his energy, he can like come into different like forms and, um, you know, and so we saw this bun and then like the entire time I was home, I kept seeing bunnies, which is not unusual, you know, like for where my parents live outside of Philly. Like I've seen wild bunnies there like a lot throughout my life, but, um, you know, there is like a bunny connection and it was just nice to have that as sort of like an anchoring point. And now it's sort of become a thing. Like now when my mom sees a a bun, you know, she, um, feels like my dad's with her. Um, it was also when we were, um, driving back from the, when my mom and I, after we went over there, like he had, and he had just died. Like I went and, um, my mom didn't, only looked for a second, but I like one, I held his hand and it was still like a little bit warm. Um, we were driving, we were leaving, um, to go then to like the funeral place to make arrangements. Cause I think as I shared last time, Jewsbury, like within like five seconds, like it was insane. Like he died. And then like hours later, we're like at the thing planning the funeral. Um, but we saw all these Canadian geese, like this family of like, I want to say there were like, I had, I took a picture. I want to say there were like 10 Canadian geese crossing the road with like, um, a lot of baby geese. And I think I told you that like, you know, my dad and I have a thing with Canadian geese and it was just like, okay. Um, and so, so that was all like meaningful to me. You know, it just, it made me feel that my dad like was not, was not gone to me. Um, and then my sister's friend who lost her dad, um, re- told, recommended this book to her called like signs. And so I started reading signs. I only read like four pages and then basically it's like a psychic. And she was, I don't know. She was like talking about like how, like, like she like made this, like pick this sign with like someone who was dead. And it was like a bowl of orange, like it was like an orange or something. And then like, she like walked into a room and there was like a bowl of oranges and she was like a hot, but I guess like, I don't know, for whatever reason that like depressed me, I was like, wait, like all that's left is a fucking bowl of oranges. Like that's all that's left. But I started feeling like just super connected to my father, like, like in nature when I was home, like I would just, I was wandering around his yard and all of his plants and like thinking about just like that he had planted everything and that it was like still living. And I felt like really connected to him. And I kept seeing the bun. Like I kept seeing, I mean, I'm sure it was different buns, but I kept seeing these bunnies these wild bunnies. And then like, I was on the plane going home and I was like, all right, I'm willing to like talk, you know? And I felt like I was talking to my dad a lot and I was like, okay, I'll, um, and so I asked my dad for a sign. Um, and then like his best friend, like immediately sends me this picture of him, um, 
one of his friends, um, sends me this picture of him. And I was like, okay. And then I got into this place where I kept like, I was like, am I like annoying his spirit asking him for signs? Like I kind of, I think I told you, you all this and my husband's like, oh, so it's like, it's like he didn't die at all. You're like feeling like your needs are too much. And, um, but, but so anyway, so I like, but I, so I just kept talking to him and I got, I kind of entered this period where like I, I began asking, this was like, this was in like, I'd say the three weeks after he died where I, I was talking to him a lot and like, I would be talking to him. Like there was a moment I was out for a walk here in LA and, um, and I was thinking, I was just thinking about him and, and that he was gone. And, and I had this moment where I had this regret. I wished I had asked him more about the plants and flowers in the yard, in his yard. And, um, and then I passed by this, this whole thing of bamboo. And my dad was like at war with bamboo. Like he had planted bamboo and then the boot in our backyard and the bamboo just like fucking took over. And he was just like, same with these elephant ears. Like he was always at war with this, these two plants. Cause they just like literally, they just like fucking spread. Like, you know, like he had just wanted like one area of bamboo and the bamboo was just like taking the fuck over. So I saw this bamboo and I was like, Oh dad, bamboo and I was like I hate to say it but yours is better like you your bamboo is hardier and then I like look down and I see this um like a Marlboro Red cigarette butt well I don't know if it was Marlboro Red but it like looked like one you know it was like the brown filter I see the cigarette butt on the ground I was just like dad and then like the next day I was in Venice um and I was walking on the boardwalk and again I had this moment of I was, I, of like regret, like just feeling like, even though like really I don't have anything to regret, but that's what I do. I like, you know, but I, I really don't have anything to regret when, as far as my dad's concerned, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really showed the fuck up for him, you know, like I really showed up and like, you know, even looking back, like I would ask him questions about, like, I did ask him a lot of questions about plants and flowers. Um, you know, I would like send him pictures of like plants in LA in my yard and be like, well, cause I don't know what the, I mean, I have like a brown, th- like, I don't know what the fuck anything is, you know? So there's nothing to regret, but I was having, but I guess that's just where I go. And I had this like moment, um, where, I, and then all of a sudden I just like heard my dad's voice. Cause I, okay. So I saw all the bicycle, like all the biker, the bicyclists on the Venice boardwalk. And I like had this, just this moment. And then I heard my dad say in my head, he's, he goes, well, I'm, well, I'm not perfect. Well, I'm not perfect. Like about himself. Um, and then I look up and this girl is like right coming right towards me. And she's wearing a shirt, like a shirt with, um, a big, like Marlboro red logo on it. And I was like, huh. So then I started feeling like, okay, like signs, right? Like I'm not a super literalist. And then I was like, Haley, I like asked my sister, I was like, where is dad? Okay. So where's dad now? And cause I, and it was so, it's so awesome to be able. And so my sister and I started like, then my sister felt like my dad was appearing. Like my sister has these two black cats that she like, ad- well, one that she's like, is her like the great love of her life. Um, Bart and, and then this other cat, um, that they got later Reba. And so, um, so my, so like, 
these like random two other black cats that look exactly like them just started like showing up at my sister's house whenever she was thinking about my dad outside and like my dad really loved animals and like he him and Bart were tight like he babysat Bart a couple times when my sister lived in Philly and so my sister was like I feel like he like comes to us in like you know ways that we can understand and it was also funny too because I realized like some of some of it is like a wish you know, some of it is a wish. Like my friend was telling me that like she was visiting her friend after her friend's mother died and like a ladybug landed on her friend and she was just like, mom, you know, like you get very, like, you're just like, you're looking for them everywhere. But at the same time, oh wait, I feel like someone needs to get it. Hold on. I'm like, I think I'm blocking someone's driveway. Um, but at the same time, I don't know, maybe I'm not blocking their driveway. Hold on. What's going on? Okay. Anyway. Um, but at the same time, I also like, I'm a poet, you know, like I believe in archetype and I've also always believed like in terms of God, like it's whatever, whatever you believe is, you know what I'm saying? Like whatever you believe is. And so I really, I really do feel connected to my dad in this way. And it's, there was then I there was something I read in the Long Island Psychics book, which again has has been my favorite book on grief that I've like. Well, I, I started a bunch of books, and that's the only one that I like stayed with. Um, and she talked about like it's she's like when you see a robin. Wait, okay, I'm I'm about to read you an excerpt from the Long Island Psychics book on grief. Okay, this is this is where my life is. This is where we are. Um, but it was really, it's really good. I mean, you know, some of it's like a little corny, but, um, she said, where is it? Hold on. I have to find this. Um, wait, sorry. Bear with me folks. Bear with me. Um, so she said that, hold on, I sent it to my sister and my mom. And I, I remember I didn't mean to send it to my sister and my mom. I just meant to send it to my sister. Um, but then I, but I accidentally, cause my mom's like not into like, you know, I mean, she isn't, she's doing the bun with us. She's like doing the bun, but like, she's not, in, she's not like, you know, my mom doesn't like, isn't like really into symbols. Um, well, anyway, I don't know. I can't find it. But, um, this is like a different part where it's like, before you meditate, you must ground in God's healing light, which whatever. Okay. Um, all right. Let me see if I can find it on my thing. Cause it's actually kind of a good, all right. I'm going to bookmarks. Um, okay. This is where it is. Um, your loved ones are with you anytime you call on them. Souls communicate through thought. So when you want to talk to your deceased loved ones, you don't have to put on a show to get their attention. You don't even need to speak out loud. You can silently communicate to spirit with your thoughts and the feelings you project and they'll hear you. Um, and then it says, um, okay, this was, this was the part that I thought was interesting. Your loved ones use their energy to direct your attention toward the object. Um, oh wait, so it says, look out for signs, birds, pennies, feathers, license plates, songs, anything odd or weird that reminds you of your loved one. This is how souls say hello. I'll get into signs and symbols later, but for now, know that your loved ones use their energy to direct your attention toward the object. This is what I thought was fascinating. Grandpa's soul isn't in the robin, and your late aunt is not a feather. 
souls can do this faster and with more ease when you're less distracted by your own sorrow and open to, to spiritual moments going on around you. So it's the experience of like that it's a tap on the shoulder, right? Like it's not like my dad was like in the bun, right? Or it's not like my dad is like in the cigarette butt, but it's like, I think about him, I'm present, I'm thinking about him and my eyes are open or I like ask for a sign and then like, there it is. Right. Or like just, and that's kind of was my experience of it. Like it wasn't so much what I saw. It was like that. It was the first thing I saw after I had this thought, you know, like it was, I did feel like my attention was being pointed, um, to, to this object, right. To these objects, like, and that's what was really cool. So it was really cool then to read that. Cause I was like, Oh, that really echoes like my experience, you know, that it's not so much like the symbol can really, the sign can really be whatever it is that you, you know, you want it to be, or like it can really be many things, right. It can appear in many forms, but it's not so much that like my dad is reading. I mean, my sister thinks my dad's energy like actually can go into different things and like is in the bun. But I, I for me, it's more like I'm a, when I'm awake, when I'm like paying attention, especially like to nature, like, and I, and I talk to my dad, like he'll like, you know, or I, like I was expressing regret, right? Like he'll point me, like, it's like a nudge. It's a nudge. And then like, I look and there it is. Um, and actually when I was reading, I was listening to the audiobook of that passage and then I like looked up and there was all these like statues, like animal statues. I had been walking in LA with Pickle and there were all these animal statues and like six of them, it was just like six bunnies, like at the moment that I was listening to that part of the audiobook. And that's, so that's really cool. You know, that's really fucking cool. Then like I was feeling self-conscious. I was like, well, can he see me? But I, I don't think it's like that. And, and, you know, the other thing that, yeah, the Long Island psychic talks about, um, is, um, that she talks about how it's like, you know, there's like a team, right? Like you have a team. So it's like, there's like, there's like your angels, which, okay. I always feel weird about my angels. Cause I'm always like, I feel like they're annoyed at me. Again, I always think like God or my, I always think like everybody's annoyed at me, but like, she's like, you know, there's your angels. There's like kind of like a God consciousness, God, whatever you want to call it, spirit. And like, then there's also like the, the lost loved one. And this was really interesting to me to think about it as sort of like one force. Because when I, when my dad was in the hospital, um, the first visit that I ever had when with him, when we were allowed to go in there, when we thought he was going to die the first time of multiple. Um, I had been upstairs. I might've told you this story. I don't even know what I've told him, what I haven't told. I probably have, but whatever, but it, but it's old story, new context. So like I had been, I had been, um, look, watching this video that I've shared online of my dad, where he talks about that. I've, that I stole his, um, essential Lenny Bruce book and his collected works of William Shakespeare book. And I was watching the video and I was like, uh, and I, and I was like, I was at my parents' house and I, and, and I was crying and I, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go get those books downstairs from his study and I'm going to keep them safe for him. I'm going to take them back to California. I'm going to keep them safe for him. Um, AKA I just wanted to be close to these, my dad's books, these two books. And so 
Um, you know, cause I had stolen them and then given them back in the past. Right. Like he, he had reclaimed the books and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, so I went downstairs to my dad's study and, um, and I looked on the bookshelves and I couldn't find these two books. And I was like, God damn it. Um, and then, and I'm like looking everywhere and then I like turn around and there's like this table next to my dad's like chair where he did his reading and stuff. Um, and my dad like didn't read a lot in the past, like 20 years. Like he did most of his reading when he was younger. Um, and he was like an avid reader, but I think it just all kind of went to TV in the later years. Like he loved a nature documentary, loved a documentary. Um, but so, and on the table next to his like reading chair in a beam of sunlight are the essential Lenny Bruce and the collected works of William Shakespeare, just sitting right there. On that same table is a picture of my father as a young man that had been there. Um, and then a little pile. And in the pile was um, like a New York Times clipping that he had saved, a re- two, two New York Times clippings that he had saved of reviews of the Pisces. And then like two of my old poetry books, which was interesting. Um, and they were like under something. I think they were under like Pudlow France or like, I don't know, but, but the main thing, I actually didn't notice that they had been on the table until later, um, when I was home again and I looked under the Pudlow France. But at the time it was like, I was thinking, I was watching this video and, you know, thinking my father is about to die. And, I go to like get these books. I can't find them. And then I find them and they're like, it's right there with my dad's picture as a young man. Literally, I took a picture of it, of the whole thing. Sunbeam coming in. There's the two books. And it was the first time I realized that my dad was like never going to be gone. Gone? Well, it's interesting because he is gone, gone, but also not gone. Like it was the first moment where I was like, oh shit, like he lives in me, you know, and he lives he's everywhere, right? I'm going to see him everywhere. And my father wasn't dead yet. It wasn't like he was sending me a sign. But I do feel like it was like my higher power, you know, like they were working in tandem, like it, like the, the part that works in tandem, like it just, I don't even need to know what it is. I really don't. You know, when I used to take a lot of drugs, I wouldn't sit there and look up the science of how it worked. I just knew that I liked it. It was magic. And regarding the things I do to stay sober, I don't need to know how it works. I just know that it works. And that's enough. I like magic. And same with this. I don't need to like intellectualize. I don't need to know. Um, It's really, it's just, it's for me, you know? And it's really cool. It's been really cool to get to continue to have this relationship with my dad. Although right now I feel like guilty because I'm like, does he want me talking about all this stuff? But hopefully I'm not invading his privacy too much. But, um, you know, so, so that's basically the story. Um, but 
I just looked at this license plate in front of me and it's an old California license plate and it says June and then there's a one, a two and a six and my dad's birthday is June 9th. But anyway, so, um, look, you know, we can, we can believe what we want to believe. I mean, certainly I've convinced myself in my life many times that things were meant to be particularly with, um, hot people, you know, and I've always said as a joke, like you can, if you're high enough, you can put like, you know, dark side of the moon and the wizard of Oz together. And it seems like they match, you know, when in reality, like, mm. so we can convince ourselves of anything, but like, why not use that imagination and like those connections, like to continue to have a relationship with someone's spirit? Um, you know, to me, it seems awesome. And, and I will say, I think I got a little lost in that the first couple of weeks. I think I sort of convinced myself in some ways that my dad wasn't dead. And I had to then, as I told you, like, I've also had to, then I sort of went into a place where it was like, no, he's really gone. And I need that. Like I need, it's both, right? Like I need the both, like the both, right? My dad, as I knew him is gone. Um, cause I was like, really, I was so excited about this relationship and like everything, you know, my sister and I were like the signs and my dad, but it's like, I also, you know, he is gone, but he's also like not gone, you know, and it's both and it's the bothness. Um, and the last thing I just wanted to say was I wanted to, um, this morning I was looking, um, at my phone and, um, at my dad's Shiva, um, there were a couple of things in the, um, prayer book. So the Shiva was really beautiful because, well, first of all, the funeral was really beautiful because it was like outdoors. It was really simple. Um, I mean, a lot, like a lot of people he loved, like basically everyone came. Um, so it was like a really nice crew. I told you all that he's like in a good section. He's in the smoking section. I told you that you know, he didn't want to, be, I think I told you all this anyway, but, um, but the Shiva was just like so beautiful. Um, cause it was in his backyard, it, you know, and, and I, it was like really moving the, so especially the first night service. Cause the, we had a cantor come and to have like the cantor singing these like old Jewish songs, like in my father's backyard was just like with like people who loved him was just like really beautiful. Um, but there were a couple of things in the prayer book that, um, I took pictures of, uh, there were three things that I took pictures of. Um, but so I'm just gonna, I'm going to just read them to you because, um, I really liked them. So one is, it says, and this is, I guess was said before you say the mourner's Kaddish. So, which I've been saying every day, even though my dad wasn't a religious man, I didn't know I would be saying the mourner's Kaddish every day for my dad for a year, but um, that happened. So, um, so this is read before the Kaddish. When cherished ties are broken and the chain of love is shattered, only trust and the strength of faith can lighten the heaviness of the heart. At times, the pain of separation seems more than we can bear, but love and understanding can help us pass through the darkness toward the light. Out of affliction, the psalmist learned the law of God. And in truth, grief is a great teacher when it sends us back to serve and bless the living. We learn how to counsel and comfort those who, like ourselves, are bowed with sorrow. We learn when to keep silence in their presence and when a word will assure them of our love and concern. Okay, this is my favorite part. 
Thus, even when they are gone, the departed are with us, moving us to live as, in their highest moments, they themselves wish to live. We remember them now. They live in our hearts. They are an abiding blessing. I just thought that was so beautiful. How living, even when they are gone, the departed are with us, moving us to live as in their higher moments, they themselves wish to live. Like, you know, how can I like honor my dad's spirit by like, behaving in some of the ways that like my father behaved that were like his best qualities you know and for me one of them has been like getting the fuck off my phone a little more and spending more time outside spending more time in nature appreciating nature um you know that's been like really so I feel like hey I mean that's that's like a really great way you know to have reverence to show to to show reverence for my dad's soul um then the next thing that was read that I I or this I'm actually going backwards but it says a meditation when we are dead and people wish for us I'm sorry when we are dead and people weep for us and grieve let it be because we touched their lives with beauty and simplicity let it not be said that life was good to us but rather that we were good to life days are scrolls write on them what you want to be remembered I don't know I just like that because I also like the idea of like redemption through service you know like the redemption of our suffering through service like the idea that like you know just I'm now going to be able to like be able to understand better when someone else is grieving and like be of more service to them um and then there was um then there was, there's one more thing that I saw that, so I've talked about like my God or my higher power or whatever that like, I've had many, like many long-term relationships. I've had like many, um, sort of iterations or like men, my relationship with the higher power or God has evolved, you know, it changes, it changes. It's always changing. And in the beginning, when I first got sober, it was, um, you know, it was like, drugs basically like whenever I felt a sense of peace I was like wow this feels like really heroiny ecstasy you know like because I hadn't like felt that kind of serenity without drugs in like so long maybe ever um and then you know and then it was sort of like being of service and there there have been different like there have been different iterations but you know more recently I the past couple years I've I've described it as like um you know a still small voice or like a quiet a quiet voice and when I was reading, when, when the rabbi was reading, uh, or the canner was reading this, one of the pages in the book, apparently, I guess in Kings, I never even knew Kings was in the old Testament. I always thought it ended at Deuteronomy. I guess I didn't know there was like more shit. Um, I always thought Kings was like, I don't know. I thought it was new Testament, but I guess it's old Testament, but there's a quote in Kings that says, and after the fire, a still small voice. And I was like, Oh shit. There it is. Whoop, there it is. A still small voice. Um whoop. So that was really nice to like have that um you know, that was really nice to have to have that to just hear that. And I was like 
I felt like it was a little wink. I feel, I felt like, I felt like there was, there have been in the same way that like, I feel like there have been sign, you know, my dad, the signs from my dad or the signs, like, I feel like I really do feel as though, um, you know, my higher power has been with me and has sent me little, little nods, you know, and it lives in me, right? It's inside me. Just like my dad's, my dad lives inside me, you know, spirit. So on that note, um, so that's my, that's my little, that's my spiel about signs. Um, and, um, yeah. And so that's really it. Um, wishing you, Oh, also I forgot to say, I'm sorry. My publisher reminded me. Um, so this, so super doom is coming out in early August. Also in early August is, um, milk fed is coming out in paperback. Um, so if you haven't gotten a chance to read that and you'd like to, um, it'll be in paperback coming out in early August. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, I never buy hardcovers, so maybe you're not a hardcover reader. Maybe you're a paperback reader. So maybe that'll be good for you. Um, anyway, yay. Yay. Um, yay paperbacks. Okay. Um, wishing you, I'm also trying to think, I feel like there were some book recommendations I wanted to do. Um, but I think, well, I told, I, I told you all about confessions of a mask fucking loved it. Um, and also, um, shout out to, um, this book desert solitaire by Edward Abbey. Um, if you're like, if you let, if you're interested in like, I I'm kind of like, I'm old, like I'm old now. So like, I'm really, I'm starting to get into like, like, um, <laughs> like nature books. Like I'm reading this book right now. Um, called the land of little rain from the turn of the century about, I'm really, I I'm setting, there's something I'm, I'm working on that's going to be set in, um, like the death Valley, um, set just like South of death, Valley, that area, like the desert. So, um, so I'm also reading a lot of books about the desert, but Edward Abbey, if you're interested in the desert, he, that, that book's not set there. That, uh, the desert solitaire by Edward Abbey is not set in that part of the desert. It's set in Utah at arches, but he's fucking so funny. He's so much fun. Like if you just want to read about like how like a snake becomes a friend, like if you know, and you want like a nice, it's very soothe. It's very, it's deeply soothed, but also like funny and there's spice and he's like cantankerous, you know, like he's definitely, he was an early environmentalist. This book was published in 1968. He's definitely opinionated. Like he has his opinions, but, um, yeah. So if you, if you want like some good, like soothe yet funny, and also just like to be like in, you know, I actually, my parents, when they drove out to Vegas last year, um, before my dad, before the accident, um, they went to Arches. They stopped at Arches because they couldn't fly because of COVID. So they like did a road trip and, um, to see my niece and I met them there and, um, they went to Arches and, you know, I think my dad would have loved this book, Desert Solitaire, Edward Abbey's book. Um, but Edward Abbey fucking rules the book. Desert Solitaire is cool. I'm actually rereading it a second time now. Um, because it's just, so pleasurable. Yeah, no, I feel like I I can see myself getting very into, like, I'm trying to convince my husband to watch the fucking Ken Burns, the national parks. Cause like, I never really want to watch a movie, but like, I feel like maybe I'll do that 
but also play block puzzle game at the same time. I had a relapse of block puzzle game. I was off it for a little while. When my dad died, I actually deleted it from my phone. I was like, well, don't need this anymore. The stress, the anxiety has gone. And then like within a week I had like relapsed back on block puzzle game. So, um, on that note, I'm wishing you a week of, um, you know, indulging in vices and that, and relapses on things that don't kill you. They just, um, you know, maybe hurt your neck from staring at your phone, um, or not. Um, and also that, um, a week where, um, you know, you get some, some beautiful archetypes of your own, you know, and whatever, whatever you want your connection to those who you need to be connected to, uh, to be. And I will see you on the flip side. That's all. Bye-bye.